tonight, I, I want us to see from the scriptures also how this thing will be, you know, made easier for us. How, how it can be made easier. Praise the Lord. How many want to see this secret? Just to see, I, I, I'm careful calling things secret because they're all open there. Okay? But just how this thing would, would work for us. But before I read that, I just read um, verse 12 of James. James chapter 1, just the chapter before. I'll read 2 and 12. 2 says, James 1, 2 says, My brethren, is it on the screen? Let's read it together. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. It says, but let patience have its word, perfect work, that you may be complete, lacking nothing. Okay, we'll jump to 12. 12 says, blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Praise God. So if we did the spirit of faith and we did the test of faith, briefly, I want us to do the end of faith. The end of faith, or what we may call the conclusion of faith. And it's very simple, this secret, or this thing that we have, is that the test have an end. It has an end. Praise the Lord. One of the things that the enemy uses to harass us is this imagination that whatever it is we are going through, we just see it unending. It has an end. It has an end. Every single thing. I think Mommy Chi ministered, to, ministered that to us this year. Whatever it is you're being tried in, it has an end. Oh, yes. You know, as your life changes and stages of life change, you'll be amazed at some of the things that bothered you. How many of us were bothered they had K-leg or bow-leg or something like that? Who notices that now? When you become a boss, has anyone said my boss has K-leg? A boss is a boss. What they are, they are. Everything that has worried you has an end. Praise the Lord. Yes, it has an end. And when you have that in mind, the Bible now goes on to say that, it says, when this man, thank you dear, when this man endures this temptation, when he has been approved, what is going to happen? He will receive the crown of life. At the end, it's just not, they won't just ignore you. There'll be a celebration. You know, one of the things I know from experience is that anytime you break a fast before you agreed you will break it, one of the things that happens is that after you eat that food, the devil will now tell you, look at you. What is in that food? Anybody experience that? You will just find out that he will tell you the empty he, he he won't wait for any other he'll be the one to tell you this just this food and see now and when he's six you see by six now you could have kukuma eating everything eh? look at you now praise the lord but he will make you think that that time will never come whereas if you persevered and that time came you will have the approval not from any other person for yourself Praise the Lord. So it says, when this man endures temptation, and when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life. And that's what the Bible was trying to tell us from with our Lord Jesus Christ. When it says, looking, Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for what? The joy that was set before him. He had something in view. He had something in view. Child of God, you must have something in view. 
it will help your faith the message says study how he did it jesus said something before him they've told people who are trying to lose weight or add weight or whatever to put a picture of a shape or size they want to get to just keep looking at it so when you see the uh, sweet and the chocolate and the rice and the pounded yam, you look at it and you look at where you're going to. And it's easy for you because you can see. He said, Jesus, who for what? The joy that was set before him. What it means is, this. read that passage. It means if it was not for the joy that was set before him, he wouldn't be able to endure. Who for the joy? Because of the joy that was set before him, he endured. What joy do you have before you? What have you said before yourself? The person of faith must have an end in mind. It must have an end. Where we started from First Peter says that the genuineness of your faith be much more precious than gold that perishes. It says may be found to praise and honor and glory. To praise, honor and glory at the revelation. It means you're looking for Jesus to come back. That's why the Apostle Paul talks about the crown that is kept for those who love is appearing. And you know what? Unfortunately, many of us don't meditate on that. It's something you don't even factor in. That's why we are weak. Do you expect Jesus? Do you know that we are how many years after? And when Jesus was speaking or when the apostles were writing, they were expecting Jesus to come the next day. It's now almost next 3,000, 4,000 years. Praise the Lord. Shouldn't our sense of expectancy be even much more? But you find people, I mean, there's nothing wrong in making plans for the next hundred years. But the truth is this, Jesus could come now. He could come before this meeting is over. Do you have that attitude? Because it's true. Praise the Lord. Jesus could come before Christmas. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're just beginning. Yes. It says, for the joy that was set before him. The conclusion of faith. What is it that you have said at the end of your faith? It's very important. Very important what you said at the end. Now, if you've lived life a bit, and if you've, you know, been born again for five years, six years, you would have seen that some things are not really the end. Like we've noted here, every normal person here would have noted that what you thought was the biggest deal, all of a sudden, it doesn't matter again. How many people are married here now? You know how you wanted to get married. Do you every day wake up and thank God, Lord, I thank you for my wedding day. Lord, I bless you. It finally happened. I thank you for the D day. It happened. How many do that? Once that one happened, what happens? Another one in front. Now, if you're not married here and you're setting wedding as your D day, you see you need to recalibrate. You have children. Before you know it, another thing comes up. Whatever it is. So we, we need to set the right end. We need to find out what is that conclusion that will make my faith to be strong. I know what it is. Very simple. It's something that is fundamental, foundational, unequivocally stated in the scriptures, but not often refreshed in our memories. It is the resurrection. Let me tell you something. Any Christian that does not embrace the fact, the truth, the revelation, the reality of a resurrection will struggle with whatever we're learning. And that's why to become a Christian, you know, some of these things are so simple, I don't know, the Holy Spirit will help. To become a Christian, you confess that you believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again. Now, if your captain died and rose again, he's not alive because he died and rose again, isn't it? And he said that you are going to follow him. 
What does it mean? It means that for you there is a rising. And that's how come people can stand before um, Nebuchadnezzar and tell you we are not careful to answer you. Because they know that Nebuchadnezzar can kill them. But they are not looking to go back home. They are looking for resurrection. If they are able to go back home, beautiful. But above all, nobody can take resurrection away from them. That's the end. When the Apostle Paul begins to write, he says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 19, he says, if in this life, we can read 12 to 19, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, he says we are what? Of all men, the most pitiable. You know, what has happened is that we have taken faith to be something that you can teach a feast, teach anybody. You can just claim, say, just believe. Just, uh, brother, believe now. It will happen. Believe. Ask them for the money. Have faith. You see, those are confidence. Eh? Praise the Lord. Bragado. They walk until they bring some. That's why people keep disappointing us. Because people that have all those things, there are some kind of conditions they bring around them. They will now change the song they're singing. And they'll change the tune. But you see, when somebody's faith takes him to the point of the resurrection, where he becomes what I will call an amphibious man, you know the word amphibious means what? Living on water and, and on land. Praise the Lord. The Christian must become amphibious where you're living in this life and what? In the other life. If you cut short anything like that, brother, it will be tough for you. Because this world has things that can shake you. But until you know that you don't live only here, are you with me? Until you know that your existence does not start and end here. The Christian who has the understanding that I'm here, but this is not all of me. In fact, this is not the best of me. In fact, this is not even anything compared. Praise the Lord. Until we begin to have that, it's going to be a, a tough thing for us. L look at the attitude the Apostle Paul had that made him, you know, stand out. Philippians 1, 21 to 24. You can put it on the screen for me, please. Philippians 1, you, you see, I, I just want you to see the attitude, not even so much. It's an attitude that you and I must capture. And I think, I think somehow the Lord has helped me with that attitude. It, it's not something that will make you very popular, but it, it will help you in life. Philippians 1, 21, Paul says something there. He says, for me to what? And to, uh, help me now. <laughs> and to die is what? Which one is gain to you now? See the way people are looking at me. It's Bible we're reading, you know. The Apostle Paul says, for me to live is what? And to die is what? To die is a testimony. To live is assignment. Are you not getting it? So if I'm put in a situation of trial now, it shouldn't be difficult for me knowing what to do. If I honor Christ, I say that's why I came here. If they kill me, I say this is my flight out. And dying does not always mean they cut off your neck. Dying could mean you lose privilege. You lose paraphernalia of office. You lose friends. You lose praises. You lose, you see, dying is in level. Praise the Lord. You lose all kinds of things. You move from Maitema to, um, to Suleja. Do you understand? But the choice is before you. I immediately look at it and say, well, to live is Christ. Look at the way he spoke in 24. Okay, 23 and 24. Let's see 23 and 24. I, I just want you to get an attitude because, you see, dimensions matter. In accounting or in finance, when somebody says he has one million 
and another person has five million. The same five million invested for five months and one million invested for five years. Who has more money? One million for five years. You know why? The duration of one is more. So those things matter. So look at the attitude Paul has here. Paul says, I'm considering, should I go to the village for Christmas or should I go to Dubai? That's what he's saying here. I'm, I'm hard-pressed between two. Having a desire to depart. You see the way he's talking about what we call death. He said, having a desire to depart and be with Christ. It's like saying, having a desire to go and see Pastor Mecca in Enugu. Eh? Or to stay with you. Are you seeing the mindset? Do you have that mindset? You need to get it. You need it for faith. Praise the Lord. Oh yes, we need it for faith. Why do we need it for faith? Very important. Hebrews 11 tells us, verse 6, that he that comes to God, Hebrews 11, must believe that he was is now that he is is the same thing saying when he said to moses i am now he is does it mean that god can only reward you in nigeria that god should only reward you in your hundred years of existence that if god misses giving you a wedding here on earth he has failed you forever is that what he is means he is means he is he is i am praise the lord he said to Abraham, I'm your exceedingly great reward. And then in Hebrews 11:6 begins to tell us that he that comes to God must believe that he is, and he's what? A rewarder. It means you cannot trust God and lose. It's impossible. All of them join together. It says you can't trust God and lose. You can't believe God and lose. You can't honor God and lose. You can't boast in God and lose. It's impossible. It's impossible. Not even death can separate you from the honor. The Christian is a strange creation or creature. Very strange creature. And that's why we have issues because in this life, we live with normal people. Imagine an amphibious animal struggling or running away with a fish, being pursued in the, um, in the water with a predator that predates fish and itself. But the predator only lives in water. What would that amphibious animal do? It will just jump out, sit by the banks, and cross his legs, and be watching movie. Do you understand? The same way the Christian, the people of the world have no other life. They have no other hope. They have no other source of joy. If they don't have money, if they don't um, have sex, if they don't, if they don't do all the things, if they don't receive the praises of men, but you, men can be abusing you, and you will hear. You know what God said to Paul? Paul was in prison, locked up in stocks, and the Lord appeared to him and said to him, I'm very proud of you. As you have borne witness for me in Jerusalem, so you'll be. Who would tell an unbeliever like that? Whereas colleagues are telling you, oh boy, you forehand. Eh? The Spirit of God will come and witness to you, you're my beloved son. In whom They don't have that alternative. Praise the Lord. The Christian is amphibious. We live in, we live in heaven, we live here. It says our life is like the real life is actually hidden in Christ. So when you stand and unbelievers are struggling and negotiating and all of that, just ask yourself, which life do I want to put in here now? What should I push here? Whereas all they have to do, they must do quickly. You have eternal life. Do you know eternal life, is, it doesn't just signify time. It also signifies that the eternal one is inside of you. Did you know that? We've been born of what? The incorruptible seed. 
Our bodies are what? The temples of the Holy Spirit. When you got born again, God, the eternal one, came to live inside of you. You have existence beyond time and you have existence beyond your environment. You exist here, but you exist in another world. That's what builds faith. That's how come the Bible can tell us Joseph was a houseboy in the house of his master, Potiphar, and he was successful. How can you be successful as a houseboy? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He said, I'm, I'm, the Lord has blessed me. He said, what happened? He said, I'm now a boy boy. He won't add up. Praise the Lord. But what happened was that in Potiphar's house, as a houseboy, the creator of the heavens and the earth was, was dwelling in him. And was telling him, ride on, son. Ride on, son. So he was successful. But if he read success only by world standard until he breaks away from that so-called bondage, there will be no success. Are you seeing what we are talking about? It's an attitude of faith because if you read wrongly, you will value wrongly. And if you value wrongly, you will make the wrong decisions. These are the things that come at play every time. If we'll try to go a bit directly, come with me to the text we looked at. Okay, Genesis 22, 1, we looked at that. Let's leave that. Let's go direct to Hebrews. Let's see what the Bible tells us in, in the book of Hebrews about what happened then. Hebrews eleven, seventeen, The conclusion of faith or the end of faith or the culmination of faith. What helps us? The Bible says, by faith, Abraham, when he was what? Let's take this, you know, analytically. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up, and he who had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac, your seed shall be called. Now, and everybody read 19 slowly. Concluding that God was, praise the Lord. Anybody here knows what the word concluding means? What does concluding mean? Conclusion. When it's all said and done. What was Abraham saying? Abraham was saying that when all these things we are doing is over, God will give me my son back. Why? Because it is in this son that he said, my seed shall be blessed and God cannot lie. That is faith. If Abraham did not have that conclusion, he would not be able to obey that instruction. What is your conclusion? What do you imagine that if you lose now? Otito, what is it that in your eye now, if it's gone? They said Abraham concluded. Now, if we go back to Genesis 22, you see something here. In verse, verse, verse 4 and 5, I read 4 and 5 so we'll get it. Okay, I'll read 3, 4 and 5. The Bible says, so Abraham, Genesis 22, 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him. And Isaac, his son, and split the wood for the burnt offering, and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will do what? Go yonder and... And then what will happen? Abraham will come back alone. He said, we will do what? Faith measures no permanent loss. Knowing the God you serve, there cannot be. God said, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest shall not what? As long as you sow, my sister, you will reap. As long as you sow, my brother, you will reap. You may not reap immense time frame. I mentioned to my brothers the other day. We have a lady here who, one of the few people that have distinguished themselves in government. And it's a shame she was not Pentecostal. 
She was Catholic. So next time you look down on anybody, be careful. Dora Cunini. Now, this woman served with honor and dignity, to the best of what I know. Her daughter, who is less than 30 years, is selling one artwork for $4 million. How much corruption would have brought that to the family? One artwork. One artwork. When the Bible says, seed time and what? Sometimes it might appear you a fool, but not on God's earth. There is no fool in God's earth. Everybody receives the recompense of what he does. If you do good, good will come to you. You see, sometimes the wisdom of God, some, I think part of it is just that the, the, he says his ways are past finding. Sometimes his wisdom is too high for our understanding. So God looks at you. You're doing marvelous. And he thinks that your next generation will need the reward more than you. And so the man lives and dies and people think he failed. Whereas God has put it in a trust for his generation that is coming. There's a conclusion. It can never be lost to obey God. There is no time obeying God will bring loss to you. There is no time waiting on God will be foolish. There is no time trusting in God will be futile. Sometimes you might say, I trusted and it didn't happen. Who told you? Do you know all the complications that were involved? That the Lord in his wisdom had repackaged. Child of God, faith looks to the conclusion that God will remain. Every other thing. It says the heaven and the earth will pass away. But my word will not. Everything will shift. But the person of faith looks to the coin. says, Abraham concluded. He told the man, we will come back home. Because after I've obeyed God, I will now wait for him. Obedience, I'm not negotiating that one. God, I will obey you. But to bring Isaac back, you made the promise. In him, shall, I said, I remember I told you, God, take Ishmael. You said, no, he's only this Isaac. Okay, now, let's do it. That's what he did. So he told them, you wait, we will go. I will kill him. Then I will stand aside and watch God do what? Bring him back to life and then we will come back. Hallelujah. Conclusion of faith. Why you and I are afraid or terrified most times is that we think the thing will end in the middle. There is a determined end. And that's what the life of our Lord Jesus came to prove to us. He said to us, I'll show you a passage, praise the Lord. Mark chapter 8, as we do that one, try to close quickly. You see something that happened there, Mark chapter 8. Mark 8 from 29. Mark 8, 29. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said to him, you are the Christ. Then Jesus strictly warned them that they should tell no one about him. And he began to teach them. Look, look at this now. And he began to teach them. Help me put um, the amplified version on the screen. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man probably will do what? Must what? Of necessity do what? And then be what? And be what? And be what? And then the chief priests and the scribes will do what? We'll put him to death. And then what will happen? After three days, he will rise. Let's not stop there. Let's move forward. Go forward. Let's go forward. Go forward, 32. <clears throat> he said, look at how he said this. Everybody, let's read this. And he said this word freely, frankly, plainly, explicitly, making it unmistakable. Now stop there. That's what he's saying to us, that this is the pattern of faith. Faith is not afraid of suffering. Do you know why your faith is small? Because you want it to be smooth. You want a guarantee that it must work like this. 
If Jesus did not have that guarantee, why do you want it? Who is your master? Praise the Lord. But what faith guarantees is that it says, after they finish their worst, my beginning will begin. It says, after three days, what will happen? I will rise. And when he made that statement, Peter being a natural man who loved Jesus, who was interested in the mission of Jesus, said, you can't die. It can't end like that. He called him by the side and did what? And started telling him, not your portion. I rebuke you. Don't say that. Why was he saying that? He didn't get the full picture. He couldn't see the whole extent of faith. He saw only a part. He saw the defeat. Do you know God has made faith easy for us? The spiritual pattern is replicated in our natural life. If you find corn, one, one ear of corn, is it ear that is called or one? And you eat the whole thing as a farmer, you have eaten what? One ear of corn. If the same farmer scatters it in his ground, in his field, what will happen? They will all die, isn't it? And each of them will bring, it is the pattern. Unless a corn of wheat, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, what if life stopped at death, then we have no need for faith. But there is a resurrection. And that resurrection is not just the final one. Even in situations, how many people have suffered until they couldn't find food to eat? Then God looking at them, knowing that they've learned the lesson, started taking them up. Because their obedience had become complete. Faith, you must see the end. God has his ways. And this is the pattern. Jesus said to them, uh, he, he went further now in that, mark, let, let, let's go to, if, if you now go further, he now began to say them 33, let's see what 33 says. Now, Jesus went on now beyond his disciples. He went outside of disciples and he called everybody. He called the people him, to himself with his disciples also. And he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, what should he do? Deny himself, take up his cross, and for, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. That's what, you see, faith, faith is not assurance. Faith is confidence that God will do what he said he would do. It's not God telling you that it will do. No, no. You believe him, and then you see danger, and you don't count it danger. You see lack, and you don't think that's your end. You see shame, you, you see... You know the, the thing like we've said before here is that some of this English they use in Bible come, despising the shame, you know what it means? He didn't even know shame. As a Christian means you won't even know shame. That, that, that they are pointing at you, they are saying things about you, you ignore it. Why? You're going somewhere. You're going somewhere. Some of us, there is simple obedience that God has required for us to obey. But it's shameful. You still know shame. Because you think that's where it will end. Our politicians will go naked to the market because they want later to become honorable in one southwestern house. And then they'll go naked because they know that when they become honorable, even the people who were laughing at them when they were naked will now be standing there or gonna you because they see something. Now you and I have a glory. We have a future. Like we learned on Sunday, there is a place we are going to. 
every one of us here tonight i bet you whatever test that god has permitted you to be going through if you will follow through when you get to the place you will thank god you will write him a letter and say thank you for the test the psalmist said it was good for me that i was afflicted abba said it was good the mockery the rejection the pain all of that, he said it was good. Why? Because I persevered to receive the end. The Bible talking of our Lord Jesus Christ says, the things concerning me have an what? They have an end. Child of God is not the devil that has the finance over your life. There's a story written. I pray that you will have grace to persevere. I pray that you have grace to push through. That's the challenge we are having. People don't see the end, so we think it stops in the middle. It doesn't stop in the middle. God said his assurances, I will never leave you, nor what? Why did he say that? Because many times it will appear as though he left you. Many times it will appear as though he forsook you. But having faith means that God will not leave me. God will not forsake me. Now, it doesn't mean that if I cry, he will bring me out. I said, we need to find the difference between trust and test. Testing God and trusting God. Praise the Lord. It's a difficult one, but I trust the Holy Spirit. There's a difference between testing God and trusting God. That I'm going through a situation and I cry to God. And I say, God, you do this now. Hallelujah. He does it. I jump up and I give him praise. Praise the Lord. But many times people have told us, you know, when you pray, don't say, uh, if it be your will. Once you know it's his will. How do you know it's his will? How do you know it's his will? Didn't the Bible say that we don't even know what we should pray for? But, I mean, that, that's on the side. Okay, so let's take it as healing now. Okay? So somebody's sick, you know, you feel the pain, and you cry to God, say, Lord, I claim this healing now. How do I know it's his will? You know how I know? If it's his will, I'll jump up and start walking. For now. But if I don't jump up immediately, you know what I still do? What did the master say? The master said, nevertheless, not my will. So maybe it's not now. What do I do? I still go to him. Praise the Lord. He can bring another direction. He can now answer to me like he answered the apostle Paul. He says, my strength in this illness is what? Or maybe he might say one thing or the other. But the point I'm making is this. To trust God means he's wiser than me. He can see more than me. He loves me. He has all power. He's not wicked to me. Do you know that many of us think God is wicked? Imagine if Joseph had that suspicious mind. I think God has followed democracy. My brothers hated me. My father loved me, I'm sure of that. I think God is on the side of my brothers because why should I be going from frying pan to fire? Are you seeing what I'm saying? If he was at the point where he was testing God, he would not remain faithful. But he was at the point where he was trusting God. It's a little thing. Trust means you judge the character of the person that you're dealing with. There's a way I can be now and my wife will come and slap me. I'll say thank you. Did you kill it? But there's a relationship that it will be. The woman brings her like this. You remember the taekwondo you learned. You just give her elbow, then pull her down. And... What is the difference? I know that she will never hurt me. The other case is that I've been watching this woman, the way she's been moving. Do you understand? Just two. Two different things. 
So the Bible said, Satan came and said to Jesus, if you are the son of God, isn't he the son of God? He said, jump down and what will happen? He said, the angels will catch. Didn't he quote scripture? He'll give angels charge over and they'll catch. What did Jesus answer him? He says, you don't tempt the Lord now. What if I now jump and he doesn't catch me? Do you understand? He said, you should not tempt the Lord your God. You should trust him. You know what that means? It means I will not jump to prove whether you can. But if I fall, I trust he will catch me. Are you with me? Two different things. Two different things. The Hebrew boys, they trusted God. What did they say? They said, they said to the king, King, I mean, we've not read this in our, our books before. But our God is able to deliver us. We know. But if, if, if he even wouldn't now, just know that we're not negotiating it. Trust says, I don't care the outcome. He's my God. I don't care the way it plays out. He is my God. I know that he has my best interest. Testing says, if it doesn't come out this way, he's not my God. And that's where the enemy gets us. Because many times God has extended plans. Say extended plan. Because you know, the same God who kept them in the fire could have kept them from the fire. But sometimes his plan is not to keep you from the fire. And many times he does that for greater glory. So you thought God should have stopped this problem, you know, nine months ago. Or this downfall, you know, two years ago. But he allowed it to go down. Just like he did with his friend Lazarus. Because if he healed Lazarus, the Jews won't take that notice of what happened. So he permitted it to go down. But thank God there was a family that trusted him. And that's why he put that little test. You know the little test he put? He said, show me where you laid him. It took trust for them to say, come. Come and see. If there were testers, they would have said, don't worry. If he had come, they would have remained if he had come. If he had come. If he had come. If you had come. They said, you want to see? Okay. And Jesus said to them, believe me. And they now took him. That's trust. Trust leaves it open for him. And you just follow him. And your joy is that he's your God. Tonight, we're saying we want to take our faith and stretch it out and say to heavens and earth, I will believe God until my last breath. It doesn't matter what the enemy throws. It doesn't matter what life throws. It does not matter. It does not matter. He is a rewarder. He's a rewarder. Listen to me. The Bible says there are books. What do you think are being recorded in the books? Everything that is happening. A time of reckoning will come. When they'll call, they'll call this one. You'll come out and be bouncing. And they think that they're going to give this one great reward. They'll check your exams. You only wrote 10 exams. Because married, children, great-grandchildren, all of them, money flowing, everything was fine with you. They'll, you. You enter into heaven. Then another person comes walking like this with swords all over. And the person stands and they start calling their words he won. He despised shame. He never cursed God in his heart. He had no family, yet he was interceding for the families living around him. You see, there are things that you and I can begin to imagine. And if we look at only this life, it will be difficult for us. One of the things I keep saying here is this. Never imagine that the big man of God is the people you see on television. Who can't be on television? Who, who can't be a big man? The challenge is where they have sent you like that to say to Kutuwenji. And when you finish evangelizing the village, there are three people that come. 
When it's time for Titan offering, one brings cocoyam, the other one brings uh, cassava. The third one brings, uh, it keeps uh, pigeons, bring pigeons. And then next Sunday, you still have to prepare the same salmon that the TV evangelist is preparing. And you think heaven is going to be clapping over the other people. People of God, extend your horizon. God is big. Praise the Lord. The plans he has for your life are big. We learned on Sunday. He said he has a place he wants to take you to. Tell yourself, I will not faint. I will see it and I will push through it. Our world is looking for men and women. The Bible telling us about the people in Hebrews 11. Say these people, they did not think certain things. Because if they thought about it, they would have come back. Isn't that what the Bible says? It said they did not consider the land well. They didn't look at, their, they didn't look at all of that. What were they saying in their hearts? What kept them going? It said they were looking for the city. Whose builder and maker is going. A city not made with hands. That's what makes us unreadable. That's what makes us, you know, untrackable. As a businessman, you will prosper, but then you'll be untrackable. Because they'll threaten you. Unless you do this, you won't. And you already, the Spirit of God has said you can't do that. So you tell them, no. It will happen that what heaven knew will happen tomorrow. You needed to refuse that thing for it to work for you. Praise the Lord, somebody. That is what we are talking about. Faith has large dimensions. Let's bow our heads as we go to the Lord in prayer. Maybe someone is in a relationship, you're about to make a decision. And it's as though if you say no now, all this time has gone. Don't worry. There might be a cousin or a friend of that person that has wasted your time, who has been observing and has been saying, this man does not deserve this girl. And he needs to get off your life for the one that God has to quickly jump in and say, I've been observing you from afar. I want you to go to the Lord and tell the Lord I see the future that you have for me that's what he said to us he said I have a place for you for every test I have a place for you for every trial I have a promotion for you there's a seat reserved the Bible said let this man be in you which was also in Christ Jesus being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself, being found in the appearance of a man, made himself of no reputation, humbled himself to the point of a servant. And the Bible says, when he died the death of the cross, see what God had for him. God exalted him and gave him a name. Some of us here, their greatness, greatness has been prepared for us, but the same way they are tests that are before us and if you only see in the test and don't lift your head to see beyond the horizon and see the beauty the honor the placement God has for you it might be difficult but I want to beg you tonight join me and raise your head be over time 50 years from now see yourself your generation if Jesus starries after you have come and gone let your children, let your children's children enter into the labor of what God will reward you with. Maybe even in eternity. I want you to see yourself. Lift up your eyes. It says he brought us into a place of rich fulfillment. Child of God, God knows what you're going through. He's not unmindful. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loved you enough to die for you. He has a plan for you. I'm praying that you will have strength. 
I'm praying that you have wisdom. I'm praying that you have revelation, the vision. The Bible says where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. I want you to see the stories of our generation being written. And they say, had it not been for you, ah, Christianity would have suffered in Abuja. Had it not been for you, Christianity would have suffered in Nigeria. Had it not been for you, when it's been read 1,000 years, today we are opening the book and we are reading Abraham. Abraham of how many years ago? We are opening the book and we are reading about Paul. Paul of how many years ago? Brother, sister, books have been written. And you and I will be studying. They will read us. May they find us wise men. May they find us honorable men. May they not find us neighbors who we are called foolish. May they not find us Ananias and Sapphira who thought that this thing was a joke. May they not find us Simon the sorcerer who thought this thing was a joke. May they find us Stevens, Pauls, Johns, James, mighty men of God, versus Timothys. Lord, I pray for a vision, O Lord, of the place that you are taking my brethren to, of the place that you are prepared for them. The word of the Lord tells us in Deuteronomy 8.16 that the Lord did all these things that he did. You can put it that he might humble me, that he might test me. And why is he doing all of that? He says to do me good in the end. There is an end. There is an end. <laughs> he says he did this to humble them. He did this to test them. Why? To abandon them. No. To put them in the place of honor. It might seem unending. But I tell you it has an end. There is a deflection point. There is a reflection point. There is a turnaround point. Where it will be glory. Where it will be praise where it will be honor and it's at the revelation of jesus lord begin to thank him for the word that has come has come with grace the word that has come has come with strength the word that has come has come with wisdom you are making it i say you are making it you are making it in the name of jesus father we are thanking you for a people of faith a people who will not be shaken a people who have concluded that God is able. The Apostle Paul preaching says, why should you think it incredible that God raises the dead? A people who have given their lives and said, my finances, my everything, my testimony, my wisdom, everything. Let the Lord see to it. Father, I thank you. Lord, I pray for my brothers here. I pray for my sisters here. You said to me, tell them there is a place. Tell them that I'm taking them somewhere. Tell them that I'm a rewarder. Tell them that you, that, that, that you have a long time to deal well with them. And so, Father, behold them at different stages of this journey. I pray for grace. I pray for strength. I pray for discernment. I pray for sensitivity. Above all, I pray for the consciousness of your presence. For this is our victory. Our faith, O oh Lord. We bless you, Lord our God. Let these ones in the days and the weeks that are coming begin to have testimonies of triumph. Testimonies, O oh Lord. Like the people of old. Let them shut the mouths of lions. Let them possess the city. Let them do great things, O oh Lord. Because they are no longer afraid. They are amphibious Christians. They are here on earth, but their lives are hid in heaven. Lord, we give you praise.
for your uncommon favor that comes upon them you cause their lot to fall for them in pleasant places they'll be distinguished everywhere they will hear your voice when they want to turn to the left or to the right they'll hear this is the way to go their world will marvel at them like they marveled at daniel shidrach and abednego lord so they shall marvel at these ones lord they will stand out oh lord in every place of examination in the name of jesus christ lord receive the glory for these lives this generation will celebrate our nation will know that the people like this live and the kingdom of our god will prosper through them in jesus christ's name we have prayed praise the lord somebody